Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there, Sinead. Just a quick question. Mm -hmm. Um, If you are a chef at a burger joint, do you think it is appropriate to not cook burgers, especially when I'm hungry and have to go off somewhere really quickly and then I just want a burger and then... You're not there, you're not making anything, and then all of a sudden I have to go and I have to get a refund instead of my burger that I wanted to eat. Would you do that? No. Good. <laughs> well, I want you to meet the guy who was supposed to give me a burger today. <laughs> you and him have very different opinions about when it comes to making burgers for me. Isn't that why you have, like, a backup chef? Well, he was around. He just didn't feel like doing it every now and then. <laughs> Are you okay? No. <laughs> On with the podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a very naughty episode of I Only Like You. <laughs> it's not that naughty. It's naughty about Fifty Shades Darker, which is the film we've seen this week. Well, a few weeks ago now. We saw it for Sine's birthday, not because we're huge fans of Fifty Shades of Grey, it just happened to be on the day after, the day before her birthday. No, it was your birthday, wasn't it? No, it was my birthday. It came out for Valentine's Day, which it is did, yeah. near your birthday. So, it is, yeah. wonderful turn of events. It was kind of the only thing showing, but also we kind of wanted to see it. And don't judge us on that. Just wait, wait until hmm. a bit later in the podcast. So that's a good hook, everybody. They want to listen to the rest of it now. Yeah, good, yeah, I've reeled them in. Good work. Thanks. <laughs> Before we get to Fifty Shades of Grey. Darker. Darker. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey darker. Oh, it's a Fifty Shades of Grey movie, isn't it? So. I think it's a Fifty Shades movie. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's a Fifty Shades movie of Grey, darker, breed. Whatever. <laughs> we, want a, we just want a little um, public service announcement to go out to the world. Look, we're not the first people to say this, but it, it bears repeating, I think. Well, people clearly haven't gotten the frickin' message. And, like, if they don't get it from us now... There's ne- no hope. I'll never <laughs> learn, will they? Social media is not your personal diary. Newsflash. You haven't got to talk about your personal life and your feelings and that sort of thing on social media. Don't you just have these cringe feelings when people are like, oh... Got to see my ex-husband today. Ugh, it's just, no, I don't need to know this information. Like, sure, you can say whatever you want on your Facebook. You yeah. Know, that's totally fine. However, I just think there are some things that are more appropriate and some things that are less appropriate. <laughs> For example, I don't need to hear when he fast farted. <laughs> and then people will be like, well, just unfollow me then. I have. <laughs> I, I often... Get rid of people off my social media. You're ruthless with the way that you cut people. Yeah, I'll give you like one or two chances and you're off. What do you think about those people who are like, some people just like really don't understand the meaning of true friendship. I'm so done. And then other people comment and they're like, 
hope you're okay, sweetie. XX. What's wrong? Tell us. And like, no, I don't want to say. I'm like, well, of course you want to say, don't you? You want to talk about it. That's <laughs> you why want you want the attention. That's why you posted yeah, about that's it. That's why you're vague booking about this. Mm-hmm. It's a bit, it's a little bit different, I think, on Facebook, right? Because Facebook is supposedly your personal friends. Although recently I've noticed on my Facebook that it's mainly just like pages I've followed that come from my feed. <laughs> so it was like news organizations and some film sites and stuff. It's Brisbane Broncos. It's not really my friends post much anymore. I'm fine with that, you know. <laughs> you know, the Sydney Morning Herald never vague books about what an awful day they're having. <laughs> they get straight to the facts, tell me about the news. Anyway, I think it's a bit different to um, talk about personal stuff on Facebook. That's, you know, your Facebook. Twitter, however, that's a, a public social media, isn't it? Like hmm. anyone can pretty much um, follow you and see what you've tweeted. Tweeted. I think you can make it private if you want to or something, but for the most part, it's anyone out there can see. So I think it's very weird when I see people who I followed, you know, with a professional capacity or because they're a celebrity or something, and they're posting about really personal stuff that I don't need to know about. Mm. I think people forget how public Twitter is sometimes. I started a Twitter not to have one for myself, but to follow people that I liked. Like yeah, the same here. Film people and actors and people that I were interested in and aspired to. I didn't actually really want one for myself, but now it's become more useful. Yeah, I was very similar when I started Twitter. I, I'd been on my brothers a bit and noticed that it was interesting people to follow when I started my own didn't have my name on it at first or anything. I just followed other people. And yeah. then, and even I'd, you know, a bit at uni, they were like, oh, you got to use your Twitter to do social media marketing yourself and branding and personal brand and stuff. And mm-hmm. I didn't really care for that sort of thing. But yeah, I don't, I don't post about my, my personal life on there because I'm, I'm very um, aware that anyone can see it and it's there forever. Mm. I wish someone had told us that when we were like 13. Like, I swear my MySpace profile is still out there somewhere, even though I've inactivated it 20,000 times. But Yeah. Well, I think we're lucky that we sort of missed missed most of that, didn't we? And now we're quite aware of that. I'd hate to be a kid now. Yeah. Because you just have no idea. You used to be going through all those awkward moments online, online and it's there forever. <laughs> Luckily, we only got some of that. We didn't get it to the extent. Can I tell you of my recent social media interaction? Yes. So I haven't been on Facebook for like a month, two months. I go on occasionally if I have a notification if someone's posted something to me and we speak on Messenger quite often. But you know what I've realised, Lonnie? I don't really need to be friends on Facebook with a person I had one class with in high school. Fair enough. Like, we're not going to talk in real life. But what is this thing? I have so many friend requests from people that I went to high school with. Like, it's it's their right to be your friend because they have this, like, I don't know what it is. People who think they went to high school with you think they should be your Facebook friend. I haven't spoken to you in, like, six years. We're not friends. Why do you want to be friends with me on Facebook? And if they're really keen, they could send you an email or a message or something, couldn't they? If they had something to talk about. If they wanted to catch up or something, yeah. Yeah. It seems like they just want to be friends because they want to be friends. And I just don't get that. Well, I remember when, when Facebook first came out, I was still in high school, and I sort of tried to accumulate as many friends as I could. Yeah, I remember that. It used to be how many friends you had was yeah. like how cool you were. And then were. I, I suddenly realised one day, I was like, I don't like any of these people. <laughs> no. And it's actually better to have you know, fewer friends. I've unfriended a couple, but they've added me back because I didn't block them. Mm. I was like, oh, but we didn't talk or do anything. That's why I unfriended you. And I don't really want to, you know. Well, just... 
If I've unfriended you and you're listening to this somehow, don't take it personally. You just didn't offer me yeah. anything. <laughs> it's not a personal thing, though. It's just like if we don't speak in real life, if we're not like, I don't know, if you're not my parents or like my sister or a couple of good friends I have, Yeah. I don't really need to be friends with you. I don't really need to know about your personal stuff and you don't really need to know about mine. So I've switched to going on Twitter more. Well, I did switch to going on Twitter more because it was more sort of not not news-based but like current affairs sort of, like I could keep up with what was happening in the world. But then since, you know, the whole world falling to shit, I've gone off that too. And I've actually been a lot happier, Lonnie, Mm -hmm. when I'm not on Facebook and Twitter because I don't really give a shit. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. I I wouldn't be on Facebook if I didn't... um still need it for certain things in my life like mm. well i guess i was going to say for uni assignments but not anymore since i'm not at uni anymore um but like yeah there are still some professional sort of things where it's easier to become someone's friend on facebook to keep in touch with them in case of future mm. work opportunities sort of for me i guess like I, I could probably you know kill off facebook tomorrow i wouldn't be that unhappy yeah twitter, I... twitter i'm more interested in because of you know, like you said keeping up with news mm. and social events and it is interesting to go on Twitter when there's like a big thing happening. Like there's been a few times um, that I've been on Twitter when Australia's election time or we've lost a leader in the middle of the night, which happens a lot down yeah. <laughs> down under. And it is interesting to see what's happening like on those nights, what people are saying and stuff. Mm. But, yeah, I do wonder sometimes, you know, if you're feeling unwell or feeling sick of the world and stuff, if being on Twitter where it's like an echo chamber of that sort of mm. thing, like, does it actually do any good? Well, Lee Dali's spoken about that, that he just doesn't see how this sort of social media stuff has actually improved human mm. humanity and, and communication yeah. and stuff, and I kind of agree to that to an extent. Well, the more I think about it, I think maybe Wally's on the right yeah. track not being on there. I didn't have a Facebook for the longest time. Like, I held out for ages and ages. I just didn't get it, and then I got one and then deleted it after a couple of years because I just didn't. Mm. I, I didn't like the of fake how many friends you had was how cool you were and like you had to have 300 friends to be like in the cool club so I actually didn't have one for a long long time and then once I got back from overseas I got one primarily for the reason of staying in contact with people that I met overseas and Mm -hmm. I just got sick of having to explain to people why I didn't have one to be completely honest Mm. it was always a big deal that you didn't have it and it's almost better to have one but not really use it than just to not have one I agree it's weird yeah yeah, I don't know how it's going to go. Hey, I, I, I'm not going to predict the future of social media stuff. I just think maybe we all need to be a little bit careful about what we're writing on there and and what it's for because of those those issues about mental health and yeah privacy just, and all sorts of things. I just think we need to be mindful about what each of the platforms are for. You know that thing about um, it's like this picture that went around the internet like ages ago about like how Instagram's for taking a photo of your donut and Twitter's for connecting with other donut makers or things like that. It was like what each different platform's used for. And I think that it was like tongue-in-cheek, but I think that's kind of relevant, just reminding Mm. yourself what you're on the platform for. Like I'm probably on Facebook to connect with people that I don't see all that often, like friends I have, friends that I do have from high school that I want to keep in Mm. contact with. Um, on Twitter to follow people that I aspire and get information. Like it's just, I don't know, I think just being mindful of what you're using them for and what you're trying to get out of them. Like I just, 
I don't need to know that you like were stuck in traffic on the way to work, really. Is that that worth a tweet? Probably not, hey. But then it's their Twitter, I guess. They can do what they want. Yeah, but what are you adding to it? Can I tell you of my secret fear? Yes. I'm worried that the internet is only so big. And (laughs) I've spoken to you about this before. I'm worried that all this shit that people are tweeting about and all this stuff is taking up valuable space that we could be using for other stuff. And I'm just really careful about what I put out because I really don't want to take up any space that's, like, needed. Should we even be doing this podcast then? I Honestly, it's a fear I have. (laughs) What if we need it for something, like, for research or like defeating cancer or something and there's no space because bloody there's 50 episodes of i only like you talking about shit it's like we we could have averted the apocalypse but there were 50 episodes of this bloody podcast off there (laughs) i know it's silly i just feel like just think about the space that you're taking up all of that energy and that those that memory ram gigabyte beta i don't know the words internet language stuff Mm. I just... Well, similarly... Nothing's infinite. Yeah? The internet has to have a capacity. Well, I guess so. I'm not an expert here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the answers today. I'm sorry. Um, I had a lecturer at uni who said that every hour you spend on Facebook is an hour you could have been studying or doing something else with your life. Mm. You could have... Think about all the time we waste on Twitter and Facebook. We could be reading books, for example. I know, actually bettering yourself. And, yeah. And, well, yeah. Like it's not altogether a bad thing, obviously. It's how you use it. That's what I mean. It's how you use it and mm. what you're trying to get out of it, you know. Like I find myself sometimes just on Twitter just scrolling through and just not even reading it really, you know. So it's just kind of like a, a, you just, a time waster sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. I guess everyone sort of has things they do to pass the time, though. And if yours is scrolling through Twitter, then that's fine. It's well, yeah, just, I guess it's, there are worse things I could be doing. I could yeah. not be you know finding out about the world and stuff but you know mm. i just think it's something to consider how you're mm. using them yeah, and maybe sure. should some things be going in a journal rather than out for the whole world population to see i agree this and speaking of wasting time or passing time <laughs> <laughs> depending on your view 50 shades darker it's the new 50 shades of gray film the sequel Mm-hmm. Number two out of planned trilogy. Probably break it into four. Let's be honest. Who knows? There'll be probably sequels for years after this one. Yeah, you know the you know the books. You know what Fifty Shades of Grey is by now. If you don't, I don't know how you found this podcast. <laughs> Welcome from your trip, you know, from trip the wilderness, from, from out of space or something. <laughs> um, can I just give the people listening a sort of the person you mean? The one person listening. Hi, Dad. Um. <laughs> Just a snapshot of how we saw the first one. Yes. Go on. And our positioning. So it was a thing, Fifty Shades. Everyone knew what it was. I was very much in the camp of what a load of rubbish. And it was awful. It was depicting violence and all this stuff, um, which I disagree with. More on that later. Anyway. It became sort of a joke between Lonnie and I and one weekend when we were away at the coast, they had like Foxtel or like cable TV, which we don't have normally, and we saw it was on one of the nights. So we're like, why not? Why not just watch it? And it was a really great experience because we could laugh the whole way through at how bad it was and I had an enjoyable time watching it. You haven't mentioned the fact that you've... 
We read the first two. I'm about to get to that. Okay. I thought you were trying to hide that from the list. No, 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 no. I was intrigued why the book sold and I'm interested in writing. I feel like (laughs) I have to preface it because I know everyone is going, "Uh uh-huh. No, but really, I was just interested why it became such a phenomenon. Like, why this one? There's a million other trashy romance novels that are sold for like a dollar. Why did this one become successful? So I read the first one and pretty much hated every minute of it. There. How many minutes did it take to read it? <laughs> Those 15 minutes are really bad, aren't they? <laughs> there was no plot, yeah. no character development. It was pretty much just a bunch of sex scenes chucked together. And it was almost admirable, the like, how poorly written it was. And I'm sorry if E.L. Jane is listening to this and I have to meet her one day and, like, I've just said your book's a bit shit, but, you know, whatever. But for some reason, I was interested enough to read the second one. And halfway through the second one, I think, I got the shits with it and was like, why am I reading this? This is fucking annoying. You could be on Twitter right now. <laughs> there are so many other ways I could be passing my time. And I haven't read, I don't think I read the end of the second one and I haven't read the third because I couldn't do it to myself. Um, they just weren't written for me, I don't think. They were written very basically. There was no nuance. There was nothing that I couldn't have done myself. I personally didn't really get the appeal of this one compared to other romance books, but, you know, that's fine. I guess they're playing on the sort of Mary Jane trope and the Twilight fan fiction and all that kind of jazz, so... Um, so when the second one was showing in time for my birthday, Lonnie and I thought, why not? We had a good time watching the first one. It was a bit shit, but it was enjoyable. Let's have a go at the second one. And you know what? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes, there's (laughs) no plot. Yes, sometimes the acting's a little bit on the nose, but it's bloody entertaining to watch. Your thoughts, feelings? Yeah, I. it's not the best movie in the world, and you, you know that before you go into it. Mm. And they know it too when they're making it, obviously. But there are plenty of worse ways to spend a couple of hours. I just think to write it off as a crap film or as, like, porn or this ugly, hideous thing, like, oh, my God, how are they making it? Which, if you're coming to our podcast with that kind of closed-minded view, please stop listening because there's no point us talking to you about films if you're not going to be open to considering them. That's just a side note. But anyway, I just think to write it off as a crap film and and for what it is, it's doing it a bit of a disservice because it's a film, it got made, and it's making squillions of dollars. It must be doing something right. It must be appealing to someone. And isn't that interesting to think about why? Yeah. I think I said this early on in our podcasting days, but it um, doesn't have to be a good film, but it can be a good text or a good experience. You know, Mm. you can still analyse it and get something from it, even though don't have to like it or think it's actually any good. And I think you've also said not every film has to be a masterpiece or a classic. Films can just be made to entertain and they don't have to change the world. And this is one of those. It was very entertaining to watch. Well, it's probably a bit long, the only thing I could say. And I'd agree. And there's no plot. No. And, and <laughs> if anything, I think the sex scenes get in the way of the rest of the story. I think just watching the two of them interact in their relationship was quite fine because yeah. they're attractive people they've got enough chemistry to get through mm. she's probably better than he is at acting and well 
He's got a very poor character to work with. He but, does, yeah. And she's got a bit more interesting character. But, you know, I was sitting back kind of enjoying it. I was a bit mm. surprised when it ended because, oh, that's it sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> because it wasn't really, you know, put together Obviously well. set up for the sequel sort of thing. Yeah, but definitely. Do you think maybe because they know that they're making a Fifty Shades film, they know that they have to have that sex in there and that gets in the way sometimes of an actually all right story? Yeah. I, it's because it's not. Like, because of the way it's made and it's Hollywood movie and stuff, it's, mm. it's not going to be as sexy as some other stuff I'm sure you can find on the internet, you know. It's still Hollywood. It's still, you know, a movie movie version of all that stuff. I think that's what pisses me off about that kind of sort of closed-minded view of it is that they honestly think you're watching, like, some sort of bestiality porn or something, the way people react about this film. Like, it's it's honestly, it's just, it's normal sex scenes you can see in any other movie with sex in it with maybe a little bit more of the bondage BDSM stuff. Yeah. But, like, a tiny bit more, not... There's no, like, gimp or anything. There's no no leather masks and, you know, that sort of weird stuff. It's really no different to any other sort of R-rated film that has sex scenes in it. Like, I don't understand why people are reacting so much about this, you know. Like, there were plenty of erotic thrillers back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is not that erotic and not that thrilling, but it's like in that are, same vein, you What know? are the movies I get confused with? Basic Instinct, Cruel Intentions. Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. All those ones. Yeah. They all got sex in them. Absolutely. Plenty of films got sex in them. It doesn't mean they're bad, you know? It's obviously got a lot of flack for the depiction of women and stuff, which I do agree she's not a very fleshed-out character, but she does stand up for herself quite a lot throughout the story when she doesn't agree with things, and that's the whole reason why they freaking broke up in the first movie. Do you know anything? Anyway. I just think there are worse movies out there that depict women in a poorer light. Yeah, definitely. Please see Suicide Squad podcast. (laughs) But things like James Bond when he's just, you know, he's always got a different chick on his arm and he just shags her and then he's off. I I hate that. They are definitely objects and especially the older Mm -hmm. James Bonds, even the newer ones. Absolutely. I, I hate that. That's why I can't get into James Bond because I hate their depiction of women. And look at the goddamn Transformers movie, the first one, with the the camera lingering on Megan Fox and everything. All of them, yeah. Well, yeah, but, I mean, (laughs) that just, I think they do a worse job of depicting women than this does, where it's a a young woman having a consensual sexual relationship that she's enjoying. I just don't get that argument. It it is funny how it, it is singled out both... Well, it's singled out because it's popular, but it's mm. popular because of the naughtiness. Yeah. But also it's singled out for being, you know, anti-women or a poor depiction of women. But yeah. it's like it's not like every other film is a great depiction of women. And <laughs> as true. as depictions of women go, it's probably not that bad. No, I wouldn't. I was not offended watching this like I was with Suicide Squad, for example. Like at least she's a character. At yeah. least she has some say in her life, you yeah. know, like... It's not wonderful, but it's not the, you know, we're not in the death throes of feminism because this film is out there yeah. you know, and because it's popular. And also, it's not a how-to guide. You haven't got to That's do this stuff. That's very true. It's not saying this is the perfect relationship and this is how you should aspire. It's like I remember people talking the same thing about Twilight, which is very mm-hmm. similar because it was this is how Fifty Shades started as Twilight fan fiction. But mm-hmm. they're talking about how... Bella's relationship with um, Edward was really bad because she was totally obsessed with him and he could do whatever and stuff. I'm mm. like, but, like, I understand that, but also it's not like it's a how-to guide for yeah. all the teenage <laughs> girls watching it. Yeah. And if, if they can work out that this isn't the way you should be treated, like, it, it's assuming that everyone who watches stuff 
is just stupid and get and yeah this is how they have to feel now and think and act because this is what a movie does i agree i guess the only thing i'd say about that example is maybe it's because young people are more impressionable oh yeah and seeing that example could sure. be a thing there's, there's but I, I do get what you're saying absolutely 100 percent. and you, we do get molded by the stuff we watch mm. and stuff you read and whatever mm. but like that's it's a fantasy film, really. Yeah. But let's face it, all the Mills and Boons and the Fifty Shades books—they're fantasy. Absolutely. I just yeah. it's a bit of escape for a for a stereotypically a housewife, <laughs> an oldest yeah. housewife to to read about all these these young people having sex. You know. Yeah, it's you know fulfilling desires of their lost youth and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Fine. I feel like Christian is quite a controlling character, but when he is too controlling she kind of regales against that and says that she wants to have a say in it. So isn't that a great depiction of her standing up for herself and totally. saying and the, she won't be controlled? And the fact that, like, sometimes she lets him, I'll say lets him with inverted commas over mm. it, lets him get away with stuff or he he's a dickhead and she fights back but then ends up with him anyway sort of thing. Like, you can make the argument, and I'm not so doing it myself, but you mm-hmm. can make the argument that she's a flawed character because he can do whatever and she still comes back to him. Absolutely. That could be seen as a tragic sort of thing, not exactly, oh, yeah, this is how women should be. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? I wonder if a lot of the sort of negativity around it by sort of people looking down their nose at this film is because it's about sex and sex in our Western culture is very taboo to talk about. You know, you can't. Op- I can't openly say that I enjoy sex without be- having all these connotations. You know, it's- if you said that on Twitter, you'd get a thousand comments about how, how awful person you are. I know from from both sides of the exactly, equation. Yeah. yeah. Go on. But I just feel like is is there questioning a sense that people can't openly say they like Fifty Shades of Grey, and myself included, when I first like entered the sort of franchise, I was like, oh, this is bullshit. It's like a piece of shit. It's got no character, no story. It's just about sex. You know, I've had a journey here and I'm mm. trying to sort of sure. encourage you guys to do the same. But do you think maybe people can't openly say they enjoy the film because saying that is pretty much the equivalent of saying we openly enjoy sex or watching porn or masturbation, things that aren't you're not allowed to say in public. It's taboo. But then that is also why it's successful, right? Because people are allowed to be a little bit naughty but out in the open. We're allowed to go to the cinema and see this. We don't have to hide sort of in our bedroom. Yes, I, I definitely agree. The very reason it is successful is the same reason that it is sort of, you know, decried in public. Mm-hmm. It's made fun of because it's the sex movie but also that's why it's so popular because people are getting that fantasy as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, how bipolar, well, maybe that's wrong to say, how crazy is our world? Mm. Is that wrong to say? We'll carry on. <laughs> um, how dissonant maybe, I should say, our life is and our society is that you can't talk about sex openly or mm-hmm. if you are, you're... Slut-shamed. You, Slut-shamed or you're in the minority if you're going to talk about it openly and yeah. progressively and whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... Our whole society is based around sex. Mm-hmm. All the ads and TV shows and everything else, it's all about has attracted people on it. You can't sell anything without having a scantily clad woman yeah. involved. How many Cosmo magazines have been sold and women's magazines have been sold with, you know, 100%, 100 sex tips and whatever. Yeah. But also we, we don't like Playboy magazine, even though that's just selling the same sort of fantasy. I agree, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? So... 
Well, can I, I guess it's from our, you know, conservative Christian um, roots where mm, maybe where you could have sex but only if you were, you know, procreation or, you know, loving marriage and stuff. So, Well, I guess sex is still seen as dirty when it's sort of casual yeah. or, you know. But, like, maybe that's changing with Tinder and friends mm. of benefits of the younger society, but it is still very much the fact that you can even do that when you're a bit younger, but eventually you settle down. Yeah. If you don't get married, you're at least with the same person. Mm-hmm. You have some kids and then, you know, that's all over. Mm. It's strange how that happens, hey. Well, I think that's what this taps into, right? So those older housewives, inverted commas here, yep. get to relive those youthful days where they actually had a sexual identity mm. and... Now they've had five kids and have been married 40 years and mm. don't have sex anymore. That part of yourself doesn't just disappear. Yeah. You know? Um, I have a theory that Fifty Shades is, is sort of made for women, right? It's sort of made for a female viewership, readership, whatever, which just hold that in your mind because I'll come back to. But I feel like this sort of franchise and having this film be accessible in theatres sort of fills a gap in porn so a lot of porn the majority of porn is made for men or a male viewership and generally females prefer to read erotica which is 50 shades which is 50 shades yeah now this to get the same sort of you know outcome um phrasing yeah (laughs) but you know what i mean like there's no i feel like there's no not enough porn made for women, so then women turned to erotica and this has just filled that sort of market that was already there for women wanting this because it's okay for a teenage boy to close his bedroom and jack off, but we don't really think about teenage girls doing that as much. It's almost like it taps right back into what you were saying, though, the sexual identity and stuff. Females aren't allowed to have a sexual identity unless it's, you know, acceptable for a man or unless she's supposed to have children or whatever. I feel like it's much more acceptable yeah. for a man to sleep around than it is for a woman, but that's a separate a argument. Woman can be sexy, but not too sexy, and sexy in the right way. Exactly, and when it's convenient and when it's appropriate. So in that way, Fifty Shades has kind of um, legitimised mm. a certain amount of erotica because I think, I don't know, you probably couldn't sit at the pool at the hotel and read a Mills and Boone, or you could and you might be feel weird about it. Yeah. But you probably could have read Fifty Shades and people wouldn't really care, like, oh, she's on the bandwagon. Yeah, You yeah. might be judged, but it has sort of made it, like you could use that excuse of saying, mm. oh, well, I just wanted to see what was happening, see what the fuss was about. I guess so, yeah. Which is kind of what you did, I guess. Uh, yeah. that was. I wasn't trying to get off and using that as oh, an excuse. No, no, I was but, legitimately interested. Yeah, but, I just... but it has opened up a lot of people. It has, yeah. Cool. Um, just what you're saying then as well, that with women, so a lot of women and speaking generally, their sexual identity is all that's important to other people. Mm. So you're only a good woman. If you are sexy to other people, mm-hmm. you get promoted, you get the good jobs, you get the good husband, you're valued for your looks. And then once you turn a certain age or you don't look like that anymore, that's not there anymore, is it? Yeah. The value has gone. Yeah. How crazy is that in our society that <laughs> yeah. everything is aimed towards being a really attractive woman in your 20s or 30s, you know? Yeah. And I'm speaking generally, obviously, and, you know, I'm not saying I'd like that. I'm, no, I'm not no, even, no, you know, mean. you know what I mean? It's interesting because if you put out, you're a slut, but if you don't put out, you're frigid. Mm-hmm. So you can't win. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know, sort of tapping into these, not desires, but I guess this part of female identity that we have. We have sexual urges just as much as men do. And tapping into that with erotica is just sort of. It's another way. Yeah, Yeah, it's just another way in. The one complaint I did have about the film, which there's look, there's many. I'm not saying this is a masterpiece. I'm not saying it's going to be held up as a classic of cinema. I'm just saying it was entertaining to watch and that you should keep an open mind. And the fact that so many people are hating on it kind of makes us even more be like, well, it's not yeah, that bad. Yeah, I feel so even more defensive just because. It's like what we said with the Oscars. People are so, you know, yeah. hard either way. Yeah. But anyway, what I was going to say is that because it was made for women and predominantly made for women, I thought there were a few too many topless shots of her. Because if you're aiming for a female viewership, women don't really want to see other women's tits. But I feel like they were there maybe a touch gratuitously for the boyfriend that would accompany the woman seeing the film. What do you think about that? I, for one, appreciated those shots. (laughs) No, just joking. (laughs) So are you saying... I'm saying it was skewed more in her favour of the toplessness rather than He was pretty topless, though, and there were lots of shots of him. but a topless man does not equal a topless woman. Yes, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's, um, more weight to a topless woman than a topless man. Well, yes, definitely. I know what you mean. I think, like, at least all the scenes where she was naked and stuff, they were all... um, because they were both naked and both doing stuff, though. Except for the, the bit when she walked out on the balcony and didn't put her shirt on until she was in full view of the city. Yeah, but at least the, the camera wasn't lingering over. It wasn't That's male true. gaze, necessarily. Which male gaze are in Transformers films. Yeah, and it all wasn't those like she was... It wasn't like they just threw in a scene where she washes a car or something like yeah. that. <laughs> um, Which all those movies where they have, like, bikini car washes and, like, focus on the studs and everything. Bullshit, yeah. you're trying to show the character's... You, you're yeah, not. You just want to obviously. get some naked girls on camera. And that in itself is not wrong, but when they're only in the film as objects, it's, yeah. you know, pretty disheartening. Most of the film, she's just trying to do well at work, you know, and dealing with the kind of over-obsessed boyfriend, you know. Yeah, sort of a We've all been relationship, there. I guess. We've all been there, haven't we? Have we? I guess I'm to tell you after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think the male gaze is at play in this film at all. If anything, I think it comes from more of a female empowerment where she's not happy with the relationship and she sets her own sort of boundaries and ground rules and then sets up sort of, I don't know, I just don't understand it. It's a consensual relationship and certain BDSM stuff happens, which is I think on the very tame end of BDSM. He's not like punching her in the face while they're doing it or like, you know, I don't know, breaking her arm or anything. It's a very tame end of BDSM. And I just, just, they they have that space where they have that dominatrix submissive thing. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. It might be because it wasn't handled very well by the film or it could just be very weird. But I didn't like his ex-girlfriend who was hanging around. Then all of a sudden he turns up and just tells her what to do because she's totally his submissive that wasn't cool no not at all but again it's not a how-to guide no no and anna reacts badly about that happening she doesn't like it so yeah just because it's in there doesn't mean it's bad necessarily mm. it's how the film deals with it and arguably the film deals with it you know fine yeah you know 
So we're not saying the film's the best thing ever, and it's not. It's not even the best erotic thriller out there. It's not even the best melodrama out there. No. <laughs> but it's not as bad as you probably think it might be. Yeah, and it doesn't. The world's not going to end if you see this film, and it's not this sort of like the equivalent of listening to a song on backwards and it's giving the message from the devil or anything. Like, it's it's really okay to watch a film that has sex scenes in it. Every other film does. It just is more of the main storyline in this one. It's funny that, like, it's, it's almost implicit in the commentary on the film is that it's going to somehow lead to sexually depraved women and yeah. stuff like that. It's like... Mad Max didn't make everyone go around killing people on the highway, did it? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, how those yeah. all that stuff around the film becomes important. Mm. Very very strange that, you know, I'd be happy to watch the film again if in that, in that same scenario in the hotel room. Yeah. Just, you know, not going to study it or anything. And No, but, but honestly it, it felt pretty much the same as any sort of romantic comedy drama, mm. like The Notebook sort of. Bit just more, a bit more sex scenes, yeah. you know. And not as good, but, you Yeah, know, not, but, like, you'd stick this movie on on a weekend and just watch it for funsies, mm. you know. It doesn't have to be La La Land. No. <laughs> it's probably two stars from me. I don't know what you think. I'd give it four. I really Whoa, enjoyed okay. it. I really enjoyed the film. I'm sorry. I know it was a bit shit and had its moments, but I was entertained and I would watch it again. Yeah, well, that's the number one rule. Don't be boring. And yeah, it was a bit boring, but for me, <laughs> but it was more, it was mainly enjoyable. So, yeah. Um, please get in touch if you have different views about Fifty Shades of Grey, especially if you disagree with us. We'd love to hear that sort of thing and get into a conversation about it. If you've liked this podcast, give us a rating. If you can share it, tell one friend, tell your submissive or your dominant person in your life <laughs> hit us up on twitter tell me your thoughts no even just throw us a retweet that'd be great yeah retweets one click you know that time you're spending on twitter just scrolling one little retweet one little tap thank you very much <laughs> see you next time bye hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.